0: Move along home. Al-a-marine, and then three more. Alamarine, if you can see, Alamarine, you'll come with me. The Alamarine, you'll come with me.
1: Alamarine, and count to four. Alamarine, then three more. Alamarine, if you can see, Alamarine, you'll come with me. So, what's next? Fiction writer and a fan of the game Portal Two. Ooh. Oh, it's been a long time since I've
0: even thought about Portal Two. That was a, a fun
1: I, one. I, I, I find Portal Two, I think, beats out Portal by being really good in doing its world building while while not taking you out of the gameplay.
0: Yeah, the storytelling being so in the world is so much fun. Yeah, now. yeah,
1: it's 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 really immersive, and I really wish that Valve would make more games
0: yeah that's never gonna happen no for rock band we had a deep intricate story but it was all made up in the heads of my brother and i as our band hackney crack raid channeled their deep violence and hatred towards the audience mostly at each other to be honest but it it still helped you know they're behind the music sort of things gonna ah it's not gonna be comfortable to air on any channel really Was
1: Hackney Crack Raid your dream band name?
0: Um, it was a name that myself and some of my library studies group came up with when we needed just a random name for a pub quiz. And it felt like a
1: perfect band name. See, my dream band name was always Communist Death Machine. Nice. I don't know what kind of genre it would have been. Um, Part of me likes the idea of it kind of being a sort of neutral milk hotel kind of artsy fartsy music just to kind of juxtapose the type of music with the very explicit name of communist death machine of course
0: yeah i think our other name was two-headed Claxon beast which was very much <laughs> in, in that sort of experimental noise collective sort of yeah. band, sort of band. Anyway, this is sadly not a podcast about Rock Band. If anyone wants to start one, please, please do that. I do not have the time to do it myself, but I I would love to hear that. Anyway, um, on this casual trek, we watch stories from three different Star Trek shows, and we rank them on a big list of best to worst, as we're fans of Star Trek, but also fans of many other things to a much higher level. So that level of kind of borderline rightness. is... It's uh, fine. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes us objective voices on such a task compared to, you know, video game reviews where I gather it has to be 10 out of 10 or or the worst thing ever. We're, we're a solid 7 out of 10, I think.
1: In video games, it has to be 10 out of 10 or else... Um... There is no ethics in video game journalism.
0: God, I swear 2014 made me give up on doing any sort of video game journalism. And I think that's helped my sanity slightly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't play much in the way of video games and not really a, a gamer. But yeah, it just it, it just seems to be too much.
0: Yes, at board game conventions... Whenever people have talked about video games or gone like, hey, are you a big video gamer? Do you play like the League of Legends or anything? I I generally lie and say, no, no, I don't really do video games or anything like that. And it's, again, it's like, oh, non-video gamer Charlie. I wonder if he's a happier man. I think he might be. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, on that slightly sad note, uh,
1: Miles... this, this is this is not an esoteric podcast. This is a Star Trek podcast.
0: Yeah. Um. That said, uh, before we go on, what non-Star Trek thing have you been enjoying since we last spoke?
1: Well, this is kind of ironic because the thing I've been enjoying, or well, rather, the thing I have to kind of promote, is a video game related thingamabob. Because <laughs> earlier this week, um. I appeared on a live stream for a... We, we've mentioned uh, Two Boobs run the Tubes, our sister show with Sean Orange, which I've appeared on talking about Doctor Who. He, he and Vingarosa are part of a show called Famicom Dojo, which is a video game-related show. And Sean uh, invited me on his stream to watch him and give him moral support while he played Zelda two. The Adventure of Link on Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. So, it was a lot of fun. You know, got to watch uh, Sean get further in the game than I ever have, I'll be honest. And if you go to YouTube and look up Famicom Dojo, um, like and subscribe, and you should see me down there in the more recent videos. Nice. And what about you, Charlie? What non-Star Trek thing have you been enjoying lately?
0: I was trying to think video game wise, but I I've been playing Fire Emblem Engage, and it's it's fine. It's not quite grasped me the same level that Free Houses did. So instead, I'm going to talk about some analog gaming. As Ooh. literally moments before before doing this podcast, I've been playing a game called Oath, which is it's a board game by the makers of Root. And the idea is that you've got one player who's a chancellor who rules the land and everyone else starts off as an exile, trying to muster forces, trying to interpret weird visions to lead them to to usurping the role of chancellor and winning the game. And it's it's a weird one because it's not a campaign game, but it's a game where at the end of the game, you put everything back in a very particular order and you futz with the deck. Of cards that everyone draws from, based on how circumstances went. So the chancellor winning and having a lot of arcane powers means that our world deck is now a bit more arcane than it once was.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and all the locations, like there's, um, there are weird edifices that have been built. In some of them and we've got this one card called toll roads which has been in the, in the game for the last couple of games and has been basically the bane of my life as it stops people moving without paying the chancellor who is asymmetrically more powerful than the rest of us so we need to work together to bring them down and it's it's a fascinating thing it's a little fiddly and given we play it once every, God, three plus months, remembering all of the little bits of it has been tricky, but hopefully we're at a point where we'll we'll be playing it more regularly and seeing how the, the story of our our kind of chronicle of Empire and Exile uh, continues. So yeah, it's it's been a nice one.
1: So on a scale of game complexity, how many Twilights of the Imperium is it?
0: Oh, I'd, I'd say 0.4 of Twilight Ooh. Imperium. The The game itself is very simple. It's more of a teardown that is so very specific that it, it makes it a little tricky. And the combat, we're still kind of getting used to a couple of games in as there are a lot of conditionals. It's But it's nice. It's fairly nice and um, has a fun flow to it. Even if I spent most of the latest game Kind of yelling at everyone to to attack Emma because she was the chancellor. Uh, she appreciated that, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, I've not played much in the way of board games, but I do remember that one evening I went over to your old apartment to play the Battlestar Galactica game. That was um, a lot of fun.
0: I love that game. There's a a kind of Lovecraft themed sequel to it, which has been it's definitely been finessed. But if you want a nice long game. It's co-op until it very much isn't. Then the BSG version. It's sadly out of print, but it's it's a very good time.
1: So, is the secret identity in the Lovecraft game who's the stinking racist?
0: Uh, no. Or is it
1: something boring like who's the fish person?
0: So it is who's the fish person. However, the roster of characters is so diverse for. Old HP himself would be spinning in his grave, enough to generate <laughs> power. It's amazing. Um, you've got a deaf character, a non-binary character. I think the the captain of the ship is Hawaiian. Like you've got people like um, I don't know if there is just a regular kind of straight white able-bodied man in the cast. I think there is, but he's he's part deep one anyway.
1: Okay, um, so. Based on what I know about the things that H.P. Lovecraft hates, that you'll give me hope that there's a character who is a non-white Jewish person who speaks the Dutch language, thus encompassing all three of H.P. Lovecraft's personal hates. <laughs>
0: Oh dear, maybe. I've not read the backgrounds of all of them, but yeah, I, I kind of hope so. It's um it's called Unfathomable and it is a very good time.
1: George's you know also a good time? Why what, Mars? Star Trek!
0: <laughs> yes!
1: just you know an even better good time. Go on. Star Trek episodes about games. Joy's also a good time?
0: Why what, Mars?
1: Star Trek! Yes! George's an even better good time! Go on. Star Trek episodes about games! Alamorrain, count to four, Alamoraine, then three more. Alamorrain, if you can see Alamoraine, you come with me. That shit.
0: God, yeah, he would—he would hate the idea of having a nice bit of fun. I don't yeah. know, you'd have to lie to him, you know. Look, here's some tedious, busy work. Do it.
1: Oh no, it, it's like it helps your hand-eye coordination. I've heard yeah. that excuse for uh, video games before.
0: <laughs> hey, I, as someone that was diagnosed dyspraxic at nine, I was told. Get this kid playing video games because it will help with the hand-eye coordination, and it's been an excuse
1: I've used ever since. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. And- yeah. This. I. This is. This is. It's stupid, but like it's fun. Stupid. Yes.
0: Yeah. We we're ragging on it for the Reaganomics kind of you know uh like boomer ass mentality of um the video game addiction and all that, but it.
1: That doesn't stop it being fun No Like my my one My one problem Is like This nearly worked Like mm-hmm. this plan to topple the Federation Pretty much Would have worked if it weren't for those meddling kids <laughs> I mean
0: how many times has that been the case
1: Yeah but An addictive video game The Federation kind of deserves to fall <laughs> If that's what nearly gets them
0: God, maybe this is why they're so disillusioned in Picard. They're like, did you realize how many times meddling kids have saved <laughs> this entire project? So,
1: so, so was Wesley Crusher being in Starfleet the one thing that was keeping the Federation from collapsing?
0: Oh God, and then he left, and then it was all downhill from there. Like, no, one's got, no one's got a kid getting into hijinks, not, not to that
1: level. I I I have an interesting theory I think that the actors who have definitely partaken in some form of drug mm-hmm. um were very much more evident on screen than you had some extras who were kind of who clearly have, have who have always said no who were lying around like they were in a heroin overdose <laughs> And you... and you got some who is like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stoned, man. I'm...
0: I wanted to see more of like Picard being more out of it on video games. I felt that could have <laughs> been done a bit more.
1: Mm. Yeah. It... So, so you posited a theory to me mm. that this is a story that Wesley tells people at Starfleet Academy. Yeah. To to brag.
0: Oh yeah, what did you do on your half-term? Well, I I just did work like a good nerd, but there (laughs) was an addictive (laughs) video game, and I stopped it, I saved the flagship, I saved all of Starfleet, and I pulled Ashley Judd. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I think this is recounted. (laughs) Maybe it didn't happen Uh, quite like this, but, you know, this is how Wesley would tell it. Before being, maybe you know, not every syllable. Or... Yeah, yeah.
1: But maybe how it actually happened was Riker came back from Riser, and Picard goes, how was Riser? Fine. Did you get addicted to any video games? Yes. <laughs> All right, go to the doctor. And then the, the entire plan collapsed within five minutes. But Wesley was like, I see I see some social clout. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use it to my advantage and I'm going to tell them that Picard patted me on the head and said that I was his real dad and everything.
0: Yeah, and everyone applauded. Even
1: Worf. Everyone applauded. Even Worf. And I didn't pull anybody.
0: No. Yeah. uh, Leffler's an odd one. She's someone who's kind of stuck in the consciousness a bit uh i know she was part of peter david's whole new frontier series for a while
1: yeah like is she a one-time cat like in a one-time like is this her one appearance in the show or is she like a occasionally recurring character
0: apparently this is her second and last appearance oh uh, yeah
1: the wesley crusher kiss of death yes yeah
0: it's um... there's
1: another, there's another emo band name for you.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Is any band based on Wesley Crusher going to be an emo band?
1: Hmm. And the sad thing know. is, maybe he's far
0: too nerdy for that. Like, not even emo nerdy.
1: He he would definitely be into math rock. Yes. It, it, I think he would definitely be math rock. Yeah. See, let's be honest, I you know, Wesley Crush's favorite band is probably They Might Be Giants, which I've seen They Might Be Giants play live, so I can't argue with that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's fair, they're quite good. Um, right, so with all that said, we have a giant list, and our game here is to place this episode somewhere on that list of best to worst. At the moment, we have DS9's emissary. In the number one spot, we have. Let's see, around the midpoint, around the number twenty, we have Genesis from TNG, where Barkley becomes a Spider Man, and finally, at the very bottom, we have Enterprise's Future Tense, where nothing is executed well, and uh, some interesting premises are wasted. So, with all of that. Where do you reckon the game goes?
1: Ooh, like and this was definitely a good TNG. It was like it's bad, but it's still fun. Yeah, like the the um the fear mongering about uh video games aside, and just ha- just the video games equal drugs was kind of was kind of ridiculous. But at the same time. It's it's a dumb enough riff on Invasion of the Body Snatchers that it's still kind of fun to watch. Mm. Like the the moment when Wesley sits down at engineering and doesn't realize that Robin has immediately been got within two minutes. Like she was gone for two minutes and she couldn't even manage five.
0: He's not a fast lad, is he?
1: No, and like they have the fake headsets and then never wear the fake headsets. You know, instead just. Walking around loudly saying what they're going to do in crowded bars.
0: Yeah, now Wesley might not have had that lesson of avoiding that sort of thing, but Robin's an ensign, she should have known better at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, so I it's I, I'm definitely gonna say it's um I, I think it's worse than Genesis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Similar vibe, um, but Genesis does a lot more with it.
1: Our lowest-ranked TNG episode is Encounter at Farpoint at episode thirty-one. This is this better or worse than Encounter at Farpoint?
0: I think it's better, definitely.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's. I would say I think this is better. That this is definitely better than, say, The Changeling. Yeah. Yeah, that's which is at number twenty nine. Okay. Um, but like, do you do you think this is better or worse than Catspaw at number twenty eight?
0: Oh, that's a difficult one. Both are both are entertainingly wacky in different
1: ways. Yeah, but again, I think I would definitely watch this one more than I'd probably watch Catspaw. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. After that, we've got Coda.
1: Willie's immediately, yeah. Willie is right behind me because I, I think he heard me talking smack about Catspaw. Uh oh! And he's just like, "The hell you say?" <laughs> That's okay. I am giving him, I am giving him scritches, which is soothing the savage ship's cat. It's okay, Willie. You think Catspaw is the best episode of Star Trek ever made? I respect your opinion.
0: Okay, so is this better than um, Janeway's time loops and her weird ghost dad?
1: I would say so, honestly. Yeah. And that's at number 27.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think after that, we've got Treachery Faith in the Great River, which has both shenanigans and some nice depth to it. I think it's going to have some trouble beating that.
1: I don't think it's going to beat that because I love the um, O'Brien Nog subplot. Oh my! With God, all the yes. with all the scrounging and um... oh, it's so much fun. So, shall we say number twenty seven? Let's.
0: Okay. All right. So, excellent, and there it goes. Number twenty seven. Also, um, today's episode of DS Nine, which we'll get onto in a moment, doesn't have any O'Brien in it. So it was, it was even more appreciated that the game featured O'Brien as well.
1: I forgot that O'Brien comes in completely strung out on game.
0: God, we even get his POV at one point as well.
1: Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, at least he didn't give out a little Bagora yeah. when uh, he he scored a point. Huh.
0: Yeah, I don't see O'Brien's Bagora face.
1: No, no one wants to see O'Brien's Bagora face. Not even O'Brien. God, yeah, he would
0: he would hate the idea of having a nice bit of fun. That's yeah. like, you'd have to lie to him, you know. Look, here's some tedious, busy work. Do it.
1: Oh no, it, it's like it helps your hand-eye coordination. I've heard that excuse for uh, video games before.
0: <laughs> hey,
1: I, as someone that was
0: diagnosed dyspraxic at nine, I was told. Get this kid playing video games because it will help with the hand-eye coordination, and it's been an excuse I've used ever since.
1: Fair enough. Um.
0: Yeah. And... Yeah. This. <sighs> I.
1: This is. This is. It's stupid, but like it's fun. Stupid.
0: Yes. Yeah. We we're ragging on it for the Reaganomics kind of you know uh like boomer ass mentality of um the video game addiction and all that, but it. It, that doesn't stop it being fun.
1: No. Like, my my one my one problem is, like, this nearly worked. Like, mm-hmm. this plan to topple the Federation pretty much would have worked if it weren't for those meddling kids.
0: <laughs> I mean, how many times has that been the case?
1: Yeah, but an addictive video game? The Federation kind of deserves to fall <laughs> if that's what nearly gets them.
0: God, maybe this is why they're so disillusioned in Picard. They're like, did you realise how many times meddling kids have saved <laughs> this entire project?
1: So, so, so was Wesley Crusher being in Starfleet the one thing that was keeping the Federation from collapsing?
0: Oh God, and then he left, and then it was all downhill from there. Like, no one's got no one's got a kid getting into hijinks. Not, not to that level.
1: I I I have an interesting theory I think that the actors who have definitely partaken in some form of drug mm-hmm. um were very much more evident on screen than you had some extras who were kind of who clearly have, have who have always said no who were lying around like they were in a heroin overdose Uh, and, I... and you got some who just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stoned, man. I'm...
0: <laughs> I wanted to see more of like Picard being more out of it on video games. I felt that could have been done a bit more.
1: Mm. Yeah. It... So, so you posited a theory to me mm. that this is a story that Wesley tells people at Starfleet Academy. Yeah. To to brag.
0: Oh yeah, what did you do on your half-term? Well, I I just did work like a good nerd, but there was (laughs) (laughs) an addictive video game, and I stopped it, I saved the flagship, I saved all of Starfleet, and I pulled Ashley Judd, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I think this is recounted. (laughs) Maybe it didn't happen Uh, quite like this, but, you know, this is how Wesley would tell it. Maybe not
1: every syllable.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But maybe how it actually happened was Riker came back from Riser and Picard goes, How was Riser? Fine. Did you get addicted to any video games? Yes. <laughs> Alright, go to the doctor. And then the the entire plan collapsed within five minutes. But Wesley was like, I see I see some social clout. Mm. And I'm going to use it to my advantage, and I'm going to tell them that Picard patted me on the head and said that I was his real dad and everything.
0: Yeah, and everyone applauded. Even Worf.
1: Everyone applauded. Even Worf. And I didn't pull anybody. No.
0: Yeah. uh, Leffler's an odd one. She's someone who's kind of stuck in the consciousness a bit uh i know she was part of peter david's whole new frontier series for a while
1: yeah like is she a one-time character? like in a one-time like is this her one appearance in the show or is she like a occasionally recurring character
0: apparently this is her second and last appearance oh yeah
1: the wesley crusher kiss of death
0: yes yeah it's um, there's an,
1: there's another emo band name for you.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Is any band based on Wesley Crusher going to be an emo band?
1: Hmm. And the sad I don't thing know. is, maybe
0: he's far too nerdy for that. Like not even emo nerdy.
1: He he would definitely be into math rock. Yeah. I think he would definitely be math rock. Yeah. See, let's be honest, I, you know, Wesley Crusher's favourite band is probably They Might Be Giants, which I've seen They Might Be Giants play live, so I can't argue with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. They're quite good. Um, Right, so with all that said, we have a giant list, and our game here is to place this episode somewhere on that list of best to worst. At the moment, we have DS9's Emissary. In the number one spot. We have. Let's see. Around the midpoint. Around there, number 20. We have Genesis from TNG. Where Barkley becomes a Spider-Man. And finally. At the very bottom. We have Enterprises Future Tense. Where nothing is executed well. And uh, some interesting premises are wasted. So. With. With. All of that. Where do you reckon the game goes?
1: Ooh, like
0: this was definitely a good TNG.
1: It was like it's bad, but it's still fun. Yeah, like the the um the fear mongering about uh video games aside, and just just the video games equal drugs was kind of was kind of ridiculous, but at the same time. It's it's a dumb enough riff on Invasion of the Body Snatchers that it's still kind of fun to watch. Hmm. Like, the the moment when Wesley sits down at Engineering and doesn't realise that Robin has immediately been got within two minutes. Like, she was gone for two minutes and she couldn't even manage five.
0: He's not a fast lad, is he?
1: No. And, like, they have the fake headsets and they never wear the fake headsets. You know, instead, just... Walking around loudly saying what they're going to do in crowded bars.
0: Yeah. Now Wesley might not have had that lesson of avoiding that sort of thing, but Robin's an ensign. She should have known better at this point.
1: Yeah. Um. So, I it's I I'm definitely gonna say it's um. I I think it's worse than Genesis.
0: Yeah. Similar vibe, um, but Genesis does a lot more with it.
1: Our lowest-ranked TNG episode is Encounter at Farpoint at episode thirty-one. And this is better or worse than Encounter at Farpoint.
0: I think it's better,
1: definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's. I would say I think this is better. That this is definitely better than, say, The Changeling. Yeah. Yeah, that's which is at number twenty nine. Okay. Um, but like, do you do you think this is better or worse than Catspaw at number twenty
0: eight? Oh, that's a difficult one. Both are both are entertainingly wacky in different ways.
1: Yeah, but again, I think I would definitely watch this one more. than I'd probably watch Catspaw. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. After that, we've got Coda.
1: Willie's immediately... Yeah, Willie is right behind me, because I, I think he heard me talking smack about Cat's Paw.
0: Uh-oh.
1: And he's just like, the hell you say? <laughs> That's okay. I am giving him... I am giving him scritches, which is soothing the savage ship's cat. It's okay, Willie. You think Cat's is the best episode of Star Trek ever made. I respect your opinion.
0: Okay, so is this better than um, Janeway's time loops and her weird ghost dad?
1: I would say so, honestly. Yeah. And that's at number 27.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think after that, we've got Treachery Faith in the Great River, which has both shenanigans and some nice depth to it. I think it's going to have some trouble beating that.
1: I don't think it's going to beat that because I love the um, O'Brien-Nog subplot. Oh my god. With all the scrounging and, um...
0: It's so much fun.
1: So, shall we say number 27?
0: Let's. Okay, so. Excellent. And there it goes, number 27. Also, um, today's episode of DS9, which we'll get onto in a moment, doesn't have any O'Brien in it so it was it was even more appreciated for the game featured O'Brien as well.
1: I forgot that O'Brien comes in completely strung out on game.
0: God, we even get his p o v at one point as well.
1: Oh 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 yeah oh at least he didn't give out a little bagora when uh, he he scored a point.
0: Huh. Yeah, I don't see O'Brien's Begora
1: face. No, no one wants to see O'Brien's Begora face. Not even O'Brien. <sighs> Alamoraine. count to four. rain. then three more. rain. if you can see. rain, you'll come with me. Ugh selfie stick and take a photo of the two of them and he's really happy that boimler helped him out and will recommend what he did to the captain and boimler is happy and falls unconscious both a and b plots meet up at the end and while mariner is kind of pissed at commander queen from slider's attitude boimler realizes that it's good to kind of be a bit bolder and he is going to be Bold Boimler from now on.
0: Wow, yeah, and that's Bold Boimler kind of becomes a catchword for for season three. Like, Boimler.
1: Boimler does go through. Know, I, I I I like the fact that the you know Boimler and Mariner do go through sufficient arcs in the sh- in the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, first of all, um, that was three minutes one second. Well, one point three nine seconds, which man you know, I, effectively that's just I, one second over.
1: If I had, if I had stuck with the five, full five minutes, I might have, I, I would have done it. I would have failed, but I wouldn't have failed so drastically.
0: See, now when I play rock band, I while I've worked my way up gradually to become expert on guitar with a lot of things, I will bring it back down to hard mode, especially if I'm drinking, because I'm here for fun. I'm not I'm not I don't need to beat a video game my esteem isn't isn't there um I just want to enjoy myself
1: just this, this is the most on al- um, alamorein
0: it is well that said this feels like the same sort of deal of maybe do some research maybe find oh, out is f- this f- a lethal
1: game f bueno had taken 2 minutes to read up on this species like, the B-plot would not have happened as it did. Yeah, if he'd have asked Jeeves,
0: then he would have yeah. been like, oh yeah, Crunch and his people, catch and release, nice. And it would be nice. like, okay, this is going to be mildly terrifying, but at least I'm
1: not going to die. It doesn't help that Tendy who's usually the kind of, the most centred of the four of them, when he, he, he says yes, her reaction is, what are you doing? Run, run! <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, that probably didn't help.
1: <laughs> I love the Tendi-Boimler dynamic, and I wish we get it more in the show. Hmm. Like, they, they have they have a nice little friendship, which it seems to be, like, the most, the least weird, out, out of, like, the main friendships.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's an amount of that as the reason why they're not put together as of. Maybe. Like... oh. And did you notice there is not just one game in this, but we get two?
1: Uh, I did not. What was the second game?
0: The second was DS9's own Spring Ball. Uh, Oh, yes, of course. I just wrote it down as Space Squash because I couldn't remember. Uh, But then had a quick look up to go, this is a thing, right? And it is apparently way more of a thing than I remembered at all in DS9.
1: Oh yes, spring ball. I love the um. I I loved Boimler being in the whale in the dirge. Oh band. God! Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, dirge band would be a terrible video game.
1: Um. What about um? um oh God. What were those monks who were really popular in the nineties? Oh, like
0: Gregorian chant. There we go.
1: Now Gregorian chant band. <laughs>
0: You'd, oh, you'd have to have, like, online multiplayer for that, because it's yep. not a solo game.
1: Okay, one more question about mm. Rock Band.
0: Did you play Beatles Rock Band? Hell yes, I played Beatles Rock Band.
1: And, and uh, were, were you the John Paul George or the Ringo?
0: Um... I'm trying to remember now we what would happen would be um, my brother, my friend Andy and I would get very drunk and pretty much do harmonies for, <laughs> for a lot of it. Because the thing is, I'm not good at vocals. My brother tends to drum and I tend to play guitar, but um, get enough drinks in us and, you know, we'll we'll actually try the well... singing, which is very good fun, but you get very self-conscious about. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, like to switch it up, but, um, but yeah, generally it's it's sticking to guitar for me. But no, I, I, I enjoyed this one. It, it's, it's fun. Yes. Yeah. It was a good, fun one. I loved the orbital lifts. Like the visual of them was very cool. Um, the Kelvin reference, it was like, aha, uh-huh, Yeah. Yeah. Fine. You know, whatever. But, um, remembering the animated series like the old one and how it managed to not only be incredibly low budget and incredibly cheap, but also present us with visuals you can't normally get in the TV shows. Yeah. And it's, it's nice when you get that in the modern ones as well, you know? So yeah, it was, it was very interestingly done even with an extremely wacky kind of planet, you know, ultimately the wellness planet, how, how different are they from the ones from the place that tried to kill Wesley Crusher uh, that time? You know, so it's like okay, they're ob- obvious comedy planet, but we- we've had previous with this. Yeah, so that's fine. We, that's fine. We we don't get as
1: much telepathic babies in Regular Trek, if I recall.
0: Not as many, but still above a non. You know, it's it's a non-zero amount. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um. Yeah, and the. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the sound timer on myself as I quickly discuss um, Klingon D and D and D in general. Okay, so I'm gonna apologize to everyone. Right. So, right, this app based Gming. And all of that, this is something that people have warned about and worried about in the present day, going, oh, no. Like, there was some fake news article about Wizards of the Coast want to have virtual GMs anyway and replace the GM as a thing. GMs are the ones spending most for the money, so no. No, they're not. But this kind of nonsense with your yeah, expansion packs to buy... Prob- like this is exactly the the kind of thing that I kind of expect for the, the new version of D and D to go down. Yes, we want season passes. We want you know microtransactions. They want to monetize the player base, which is why it feels less and less like actual role playing games. And this, you know, it was fun as a kind of app based board game, but this this wasn't an RPG that they were doing. Right. Anyway, minute yeah. over.
1: It, it it was basically the VH, it was basically the Star Trek VHS board game
0: yes yeah there were some nice moments like that and i've i i enjoyed the Star Trek the Klingon adventure S- the board S- game. sadly
1: we didn't get general martok tell us to experience beige
0: no that would have been wonderful um yeah and we didn't well That's the thing, they were saying about an expansion allowing Galron, which would have been great fun, you
1: know,
0: just imagine, imagine those mad staring eyes uh, running a game for you.
1: I don't think, I don't think you could do it in I I don't think you can replicate those eyes in animation.
0: God, no, no, not comfortably. What other, so what other expansions do you reckon there would have been for, for this game?
1: Would they all be Klingon related?
0: I don't know because it's primarily a Klingon thing. So, so you'd probably mostly have that. But after they run out
1: of the great of the Klingon greats, I-, I don't. I-, I think you could have like your own continuing, like series of adventures about how Worf is the best, but also the worst at Klingon.
0: <laughs> oh God! Well, and this is all a Ferengi knockoff, anyway.
1: So. So, do do you think the Federation, or rather Starfleet, that they have intellectual property licenses?
0: (laughs) Oh, god! Yeah, maybe they went with this because the Federation's lawyers are a lot more, you know, on the ball.
1: Because also, again, this is this is the stuff, this is the AI shit that you get warned about on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, god.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, personally, I was like, oh, God, what would they have done? Yeah. Maybe they'd brought back Kavok from the the Klingon adventure board game. Again, played by Gowron. But um, yeah, that kind of thing. Of okay, in this expansion, you are you are Klingons who are boarding Enterprise, which has been successfully conquered by Kavok. And now you've got to take him down for the honor of the Empire. Or, like, get the Dura sisters to have to deal with. Because now there's two enemies, not just one. And, yeah, the Klingons, like, the Klingons aren't going to press charges because their lawyers would be like, ah, this is a dishonorable argument. Fuck it. They can do it.
1: Or oh, oh, how about that? There's probably, there's probably one about Vok from Discovery. Mm, yes. Vok. No, no. Vok the Albino is, like, the Drizzt Duoden of, um, of this Klingon role-playing game.
0: Oh, God, no. Oh, not Drizzt. Well, where everyone's playing as, as Vok this time
1: now. Uh, or oh, D- Warden, or as I know him, Elricle Melnibone knockoff number 27.
0: Yeah, yeah. Drizzt, I swear, Drizzt is to blame for a plague of uh, player characters all as the lone rebellious drow um all apart from my mate piers who was like yeah yeah this guy's a drow yeah he uses twin swords and all that but no no fuck a guy up like this guy's still
1: pure villain
0: it's all right He's still is a proper drow so okay okay i kind of respect that a bit more now
1: see see that your party of like um brooding rebel bad boys Reminds me of this idea for a sketch I've always wanted to do, but never sure how it would end, which is a trailer for, like, a cop drama where every single member of the precinct is basically the loose cannon who doesn't play by the rules. So it's all just, like, Dirty Harry bursting into an office to scream out Dirty Harry for not breaking the rules. Oh, no. It's, like, you don't know Has it's, like, it's fun, it's got a good concept, but, like, it has to have an ending... Or else you become a Saturday Night Live sketch which goes on for five minutes too long. Yeah, we can't have that. We can't have that. But June has also gone on far too long. Is it us? It's us without talking about where we want to put this on the big list. God
0: damn, you're right. Okay, so, yeah. This was a very good fun one. It managed to not only do its ongoing drama, but have a nice A and B plot as well yeah this was a, a very nice very competently done star trek is it better than the others like let's see cuz yeah nothing's nothing we've done today has broken um above episode 26 is this one that good
1: is this better than the pilot
0: yeah actually at number 25 we have second contact for pilot of it i personally I remember when I was talking about it on, on the what is it episode eight? Yep, I recently uploaded to our YouTube channel. Check out Casual Trek on YouTube if you want to hear our voices, but you have to have a screen involved somehow. Yeah, I, I took a little bit of time to warm to the characters. Yeah, I um especially Mariner who felt at that point like she was trying to be the the kind of wacky um, American dad, family guy kind of type
1: character. See, see um, I, she always just strike, in that first episode, she kind of strikes me as the Rick to Boimler's mm, Morty, because yes. you you can't get that Rick and Morty smell off the, off the lower decks pilot.
0: No, sadly not. So I would say for that, and, you know, this managing to be both funny and, you know, juggle two ongoing stories and characters' ongoing development. I would put this above uh, Second Contact.
1: And so then, next question. Is this better or worse than the other, than the closest Lodex episode, which is Where Pleasant Fountains Lie, which is currently number 19, but does have, but also has LARPing, but mostly has evil Jeffrey Combs playing an evil computer.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, Combs bot. Uh, I think... God, I think that one might just win out. Like, this yeah. has a cool set piece with the, with the dive, but there are a couple of points where that feels a little... Like, the running up, I get that that's a protracted, long segment just to emphasize how lo- how much... Mariner needs to get all the way up and and that. And, you know, again, it could have been solved with a quick bing from um, Boimler, with his whole being hunted uh, by Crunch. But um, yeah, I think this is, in my opinion, lower than where Pe- Pleasant all Fentons are. Right. Okay,
1: now, here is the true core cool question. Mm-hmm. Um, is this better than Num- then rank 22, which is the Andorian incident from Enterprise, which is currently the highest rate ranking episode of Enterprise on the big list.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that there and I knew I knew you were going to make me be mean. I knew it. Um, yeah, it's better than the Andorian incident. Ooh, sorry okay. good Enterprise episode.
1: All right. OK, <laughs> so I would put in this at number 22
0: i I think so it's it's not as good or relevant as data law, which yeah that but yeah i I think this is a better one than the Andorian incident oh uh, that, feels, that feels mean uh one day we'll find a good enterprise episode
1: and and so with that our right.
0: we have
1: we have moved along home
0: we have we have in fact, the final thing to move us along home is to uh to wrap up and say where we can be found so uh first of all, we can be found on Kofi. you can find that in the show notes if you want to suggest an episode, even maybe a good enterprise episode to prove to us it can be done um then go there, throw us. A few gold pieces and um, and suggest an episode and we'll add it to our list. Um, we also have a Twitter account, which is at Casual Trek Pod. And um, we are, of course, fixtures on the Nerd and Tide Discord where you'll see us um, having the occasional rant or rave about Picard Season 3. Speaking of which, Mars, where can we find you online? I believe you've been talking about Picard Season 3.
1: I have been talking about Picard Season 3. I have been doing weekly reviews. Um, the one for Episode 4 is not up yet, because life. Um, but that's currently on my blog, The Infinite Book, the Infinite Bookshelf, which is at mareadlobato, that's one word, .wordpress.com. And you can also find me on the dystopian AI hellscape that is Elon Musk's vanity at Twitter at, at Man Miles, all one word. And there we go. Yeah. So
0: I can be found on faketales.com where I'll be talking about RPGs and comics and things, including very soon hopefully, the Kickstarter for Explosion High issue two. So that's all very exciting. And um, yeah, I'm also on Twitter for my sins um, until I work off whatever karmic uh, horrors that I've done and uh, transcend the next the next phase of Chula. Uh, I am at Charlie underscore E-N there. So next time we're doing something a little special, given we've been having we've been witnessing some fun games here, we're going to play a nice choose your own adventure Star Trek um next time with Voyage to Adventure. How many times will I die in in that? It's it's quite a few, as it turns out. It, it was
1: uh, quite a few. It was. It was. But, uh, but like like with Chula, in the end, it was all a game. There was no fret. And thus to play us out, I will say once more, Alamoraine! Alamoraine Out of that, live long, go to a Starfleet, and have an Alamorain
0: twenty six. For some Wayun versus Wayun fun. And um and yeah, again that says a lot, because that is good. And, uh, you know, we have definitely stacked the list pretty positively so far, which is ominous for our our future. Right below it, we have coincidentally just put The Game. Is this better or worse than The Game?
1: I mean, as you said, this episode does crop up in the worst Star Trek of all time lists. Mm. And but, you know, this is this is why we're here. This is the mission statement,
0: yeah, um, I mean those those lists aren't anything really. Those lists are, are bollocks. This is the objective list.
1: The objective list.
0: Damn straight, because such things exist.
1: Is watching um, Kira just joylessly hopscotching, intoning Alan Moraine more enjoyable than Wesley Crusher's sad little O face?
0: Oh, every time you say that, it's just it's part of me dies inside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Answer the question, be the Charlie.
0: Title that can't that. It's, <laughs> it's tempting, but Jesus. I. So watching that, watching them alamraining their way across, I did love that. Avery Brooks was the only one putting any heart into it. You
1: oh, definitely, definitely. And he's gone on record of saying how much he hated it.
0: Oh God, yeah, yeah, but but like. Is- at- Avery Brooks is the kind of man who would still put energy into it. Oh yeah. A... Like
1: especially since he, he has a you know he has a very clearly lovely singing voice.
0: Yes. Yeah, where oh. um it's like if I was trying to do a reading from a script or something with uh with Kira. It's like oh no, can you sound flatter while doing this? <laughs> yep.
1: I I know we we joke about um, how in Encounter at Farpoint you can actually see Patrick Stewart imagining his career dying in real time as we watch the episode progress, mm. and I think you can kind of see that in um, Nanar Visitor's voice um, expression as well, like as she's hopscotching, she's thinking my career is over.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think. It is that difficult thing where I had about as much fun with both, but I think the performances were definitely, you know, those guys had a good five seasons. Well, a good four seasons and change in in TNG to um to kind of relax into the roles a bit. You know? Um and it, it felt even though there were some some weird presentations of video game addiction uh in the game um i don't know this it does suffer from not quite being there yet yeah Um, so it's probably just about losing to the
1: game all right um is this better or worse than encounter at farpoint Oh, the
0: classic question about any Star Trek episode.
1: What um, if what if the Wadi met Grappler and his prog rock band?
0: Oh my god, well, there you go, fanfic writers. There's a challenge for you. Um, I mean, no, he'd use them for evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're misguided. They're not great, but they're at least you know they're not evil or selfish with they're,
1: it they're about having a good time yes
0: yeah and i feel he'd pervert that slightly yeah so, okay can i do anything unscrupulous with this for my own profit you know do you need some kind of manager for for this for the I, game
1: i will give one shout out for acting in this episode and as armin shiman and shiman as crock Especially talking- when he has his little breakdown.
0: Yes. Oh, that breakdown was, like, realising, yeah, Quox, you know, he's probably inadvertently led to a death or two, you know. Um, and will do in the future as well. But, yeah, he, he may be an unscrupulous person, but he's never had to deal with this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, he's never had to, like, weigh a life. Um, I think it might be better than Encounter at Farpoint, to yeah. be honest, I think it might just because, yeah, Encounter at Farpoint gives us some legendary cast members, but it doesn't necessarily give us some some good acting, which puts it on a level with this. And and the game is the games here are very stupid, but, you know, no more stupid than, than Farpoint.
1: So shall we say number 32?
0: Let's. Right, so that's still, you know, it's still a good high spot for PS9. You know, F9.
1: for like, out of 42, soon to be 43, 32 out of 43, it's not great, but it's still not um, Future Tense, which is our worst-ranking episode on the list so far. Yes. Alamara Rain, count to four. Alama Rain, then three more. Rain, if you can see, Alamorain, you'll come with me. But now, I believe, Charlie, it is now time to move along home for our third and final episode.
0: Yes, it is difficult not just randomly shouting Alamoraine now, I realise.
1: Alamorain! Uh,
0: Alamorain! It's now uh, time for the final episode of the night, um. Yes, and what are you bringing us for our final game of the evening?
1: We have a Lower deck Season 3, Episode 2, The Least Dangerous Game. Hmm, I wonder if that's a reference. It aired 1st of September 2022, written by Garrick Bernard and directed by Michael Mullen, and the... UK and US number one hits for the UK, we had "Afraid to Feel" by LF System. It was it was good. I enjoyed it.
0: Oh wow, this is a rare one where I actually forgot to check it out. So I'll I'll have to keep an eye out for that one.
1: And then we had the U in the US. We had "Super Freaky Girl" by Nicki Minaj. Yeah. I'll say this about Nicki Minaj. She's not Ed Sheeran.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's some faint praise.
1: Like, under Harry Styles, but above Ed Sheeran.
0: Yeah, yeah. God, that Harry Styles one from the other week has still been in my head, that bloody yeah. thing.
1: Just, just, just annoys me. Mm? That we're never going to get, like, a number a top ten number one hit for any of the modern episodes from bands that I like no like i'm never gonna get to say and then the u.s number one hit was um was training montage by the mountain goats
0: yeah yeah god this is for terrible you know two two white guys in their late 30s early 40s with a podcast thing to go my thought was mountain goats with foreign object but yeah oh. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> but this is not a mountain Goats podcast so, that ex yeah. That exists. It's called I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats by the people who did Welcome to Night Vale, which is a not bad podcast. Um wish I did more of it. But anyway, uh Charlie, since this is an animated episode at 25 minutes, uh mm-hmm. do I get fight? do I get a full five minutes or do I have to um do it in difficult mode?
0: Do you want to do it in difficult mode?
1: I always want to do it in difficult mode.
0: Okay. Because
1: did Because it has the highest risks, but also the biggest rewards.
0: Wow. Okay. Alan Moraine! What are we talking for hard mode here? What do you want?
1: Um. Let's see. Two and a half minutes?
0: Let's do it. Okay. And... Uh, uh, there we go. And press start to
1: play. We open... With a, with a Klingon General Martok telling us to fight and die honourably. Is this real life? No! It's a game! It's Gathlefs and Bacats, a dd style Klingon role-playing game which is being played by our hero, the Lower Deckers. They are above a planet which is all about fitness, bruh, and they have some problems with their orbital elevators, thus making it impossible for people to get to and from the planet because the atmosphere prevents trans- transporters being used. Uh, Mariner has to go and be briefed by Commander Quinn from Sliders. His name is Ransom, but he's played by Jerry O'Connell, so in my mind, he's always Commander Quinn from Sliders. Fair. And she's kind of feeling... Right in this season, she's trying to play more by the rules because this is her last chance in Starfleet. So she wants to make a good impression, but Ransom's very much. I want you to be early, early for the mission briefing. Is starting to chase. Meanwhile, Boyler has found out that a Boylan crewmate he had, who was a bit of a screw up, has made his way to the captaincy by stepping up in the correct situation, and he's starting to feel kind of bummed out because everything he's planned to kind of get to that point has backfired on him. Uh, Tendi. Says, hey, maybe you should just be more kind of open and just say yes more to people. And will starts doing that, and it starts to go really well for him until it doesn't. Stick a pin in that. Ransom, Mariner, Rutherford, and Billups head down to the orbital elevator. Uh, they're going to split into two teams. One will go and inv- will go, you know, talk to the people on the planet who are all into kissing and parties, and the other people. We'll stay here and fix the orbital elevator. Ransom tells the engineers, who can fix this in five minutes, to go down and do the diplomatic work. Mariner's annoyed, but she has to listen to what Ransom says. It starts to not go well when Billups and Roberford are found say the wrong thing and the, the people of the planet discover that they don't in fact lift. And oh. it's getting worse. Game over. Yes. Okay. And so um they are going so Billps and Rutherford are going to be sacrificed to either a living volcano, a sentient computer, or a telepathic baby. We're not sure which. Mariner breaks from from her orders from Rant from Commander Quinn from Sliders to skydive down to the planet using. Like the atmosphere skydiving gear from the the Kelvin Trek films, and she's just about to make it, but Ransom gets in the communicates, and going, "Yeah, I'm. I just swapped this around to kind of push you to see if you would follow orders, and you're following orders, and I'm kind of pleased about that." Immediately feeling guilty, Mariner gets back on the sky lift and runs back up to meet Mar to meet Ransom, so they can skydive back down to the planet again. They arrive just as uh, Billups and Rutherford are about to be sacrificed, and it isn't a confusion between a sentient volcano, a living computer, and a telepathic baby. It's all free! They provide a system of checks and balances. I live in the US, I find that amusing. And R- Commander Quinn from Sliders saves the situation by ripping off his shirt to reveal that he is the most jacked of everyone on the planet, and the day is saved. Meanwhile, on the Cerritos, um, Boimler meets a guy who looks like Garrus from the Mass Effect games, who asks him if he wants to be hunted, and Boimler says yes. And so Boimler is hunted by a six-foot-tall, toothy, alien monster. It goes just where you would expect until Boimler is, is convinced by hiding with the, uh, the Klingon RPG to stand up and fight. And so he gets tooled up, he gets a phaser rifle, he gets an equipment pouch, he puts grease on his face for no reason because the Cerritos is brightly lit. He confronts his opponent, the man who is trying to hunt him, and gets a spear through his shoulder for his troubles. It turns out that the aliens practice a catch-and-release attitude to hunting. And he's not going to kill him. He's just going to pull out a selfie stick and take a photo of the two of them. And he's really happy that Boimler helped him out and will recommend what he did to the captain. And Boimler is happy and falls unconscious. Both A and B plots meet up at the end. And while... Mariner is kind of pissed at Commander Quinn from Slider's attitude. Boimler realizes that it's good to kind of be a bit bolder, and he is going to be bold Boimler from now on.
0: Wow, yeah, and that's bold Boimler kind of becomes a catchword for for season three. Like Boimler,
1: Boimler does go through. Know, I, I I I like the fact that the you know Boimler and Mariner do go through sufficient arcs in the sh- in the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, first of all, um, that was three minutes one second. Well, one point three nine seconds. Which man, you know, I, effectively, that's just I, one second over.
1: If I had, if I had stuck with the five, full five minutes, I might have. I I would have done it. I would have failed, but I wouldn't have failed so drastically.
0: See now, when I play rock band. I, while I've worked my way up gradually to become expert on guitar with a lot of things, I will bring it back down to hard mode, especially if I'm drinking, because I'm here for fun. I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to beat a video game. My esteem isn't, isn't there. Um, I just want to enjoy myself.
1: This, this is the most al- on moraine.
0: It is. Well, that said, this feels like the same sort of deal of maybe do some research maybe find oh, out is this and, a lethal and, game
1: if blimmer had taken two minutes to read up on this species like the b plot would not have happened as it did
0: yeah if he'd have asked Jeeves, then he would have yeah. been like, oh yeah crunch and his people catch and release nice and be nice. like okay this is going to be mildly terrifying but at least i'm not going to die
1: it doesn't help that Tendy, who's usually the kind of the most centered of the four of them, when he he, he says yes, her reaction is, what are you doing? Run! Run!
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that probably didn't help.
1: <laughs> I love the Tendy Boimler dynamic and I wish we get it more in the show. Hmm. Like, they, they have they have a nice little friendship, which it seems to be like the most the least weird. Out, out of like the main friendships.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's an amount of that as the reason why they're not put together as maybe.
1: Obviously. Like, oh,
0: and what? did you notice that there is not just one game in this, but we get two?
1: Uh, I did not. What was the second game?
0: The second was DS 9s own Spring Ball.
1: Uh, oh, yes, of course.
0: I just wrote it down as space squash because I couldn't remember. Uh, but then had a quick look up to go. This is a thing, right? And it is apparently way more of a thing than I remembered at all in DS9. Oh,
1: yeah, springball. I love the um. I I loved Boimler being in the whale in the Dirge oh, band. God, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, Dirge band would be a terrible video game.
1: Um. What about um? um oh God. What were those monks who were really popular in the 90s?
0: Oh, like Gregorian Chant. There we go.
1: Now, Gregorian Chant Band.
0: <laughs> you'd, oh, you'd have to have like online multiplayer for that, because it's yep. not a solo game.
1: Okay, one more question about mm. Rock Band. Did you play Beatles Rock Band? Hell
0: yes, I played Beatles
1: Rock Band. And, and uh, were, were you the John Paul George or the Ringo
0: um i'm trying to remember now we what would happen would be um my brother my friend andy and i would get very drunk and pretty much do harmonies (laughs) for for a lot of it because the thing is i'm not good at vocals my brother tends to drum and i tend to play guitar but um get enough drinks in us and you know we'll we'll actually try the singing which is very good fun but you get very self-conscious about yeah so yeah you know like to switch it up but um but yeah generally it's it's sticking
1: to guitar for me but no i i i enjoyed this one it's it's fun
0: Yes, yeah, it was a good fun one I loved the orbital lifts Like the visual of them was very cool um, The Kelvin reference, it was like, aha, uh-huh, yeah yep. Fine, you know, whatever But um remembering the animated series, like the old one And how it managed to not only be incredibly low budget And incredibly cheap, but also present us with visuals You can't normally get in the tv shows yeah and it's it's nice when you get that in the modern ones as well you know so yeah it was it was very interestingly done even with an extremely wacky kind of planet you know ultimately the wellness planet how how different are they from the ones from the place that tried to kill wesley crusher uh that time you know so it's like okay they're obvious comedy planet but we've had previous with
1: this. Yeah,
0: so that's fine.
1: We, that's fine. We we don't get as much telepathic babies in Regular Trek, if I recall.
0: Not as many, but still, above a non—you know, it's it's a non-zero amount.
1: Yes, yeah, that's, that's
0: true. Um, yeah, and the okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the sand timer on myself as I quickly discuss um Klingon D and D and D in general. Okay, so I'm going to apologize to everyone. Right, so. Right, this app-based GMing and all of that. This is something that people have warned about and worried about in the present day. Going, oh no, like there was some fake news article about Wizards of the Coast one to have virtual gms anyway and replace the gm as a thing gms are the ones spending most of the money so no no they're not but this kind of nonsense with your yeah, expansion packs to buy prob- like this is exactly the the kind of thing that i kind of expect the, the new version of D&D to go down yes we want season passes we want you know microtransactions they want to monetize the player base which is why it feels less and less like actual role playing games and this you know it was fun as a kind of app based board game but this this wasn't an RPG that they were doing right anyway minute it, over
1: it, it, it wow. was basically the v it was basically the Star Trek VHS board game
0: Yes yeah there were some nice moments like that and I've I I enjoyed the Star Trek the Klingon adventure S- the
1: board sadly we didn't get general martok tell us to experience beige
0: no that would have been wonderful um yeah and we didn't well that's the thing they were saying about an expansion allowing Galron, which would have been great fun. <laughs> you know? Just imagine, imagine those mad staring eyes. Oh, uh, running I, a game for you. I oh, don't yeah.
1: think. I don't think you could do it in. Uh, I don't think you can replicate those eyes in animation.
0: God, no, no, not comfortably. What no. Other, so, what other expansions do you reckon there would have been for for this game?
1: Would they all be Klingon related?
0: I don't know because it's primarily a Klingon thing. So, so you'd probably mostly have that. But after they run out of the great, of the Klingon greats,
1: you... I, I don't. I, I think you could have like your own continuing, like series of adventures about how Worf is the best, but also the worst at Klingon.
0: <laughs> oh God! When well, this is all. A Ferengi knockoff,
1: anyway. So, so what do you you think the Federation, or rather Starfleet, that they have intellectual property licenses?
0: (laughs) Oh God, yeah, maybe. they went with this because the Federation's lawyers are a lot more, you know, on the ball.
1: Because also, again, this is this is the stuff, this is the AI shit that you get warned about on Twitter. Yeah. Oh
0: God! Wow. Yeah. I mean, personally, I was like, Oh God! What would they have done? Yeah, maybe they'd brought back Kavok from the the Klingon Adventure board game again, played by Gowron. But um, yeah, that kind of thing. Of okay, in this expansion, you are you are Klingons who are boarding Enterprise, which has been successfully conquered by Kavok, and now you've got to take him down for the honor of the Empire. Or like get the Duras sisters to have to deal with because now there's two enemies, not just one. And yeah, the Klingons like the Klingons aren't going to press charges because their lawyers would be like, ah, this is a dishonorable argument. Fuck it, they can do it.
1: Or oh, oh, how about the there's probably there's probably one about Vok from Discovery. Yes, Vok. No, no, Vok the albino is like the Drizzt duarden of um of this Klingon role playing game.
0: Oh, God, no. Oh, not Drizzt. Well, where everyone's playing as, as Vok
1: this time now. Uh, oh, Drizzt Warden, or as I know him, Elricle Melnibane knockoff number 27.
0: Yeah, yeah. Drizzt, I swear, Drizzt is to blame for a plague of uh player characters all as the lone rebellious drow um all apart from my mate piers who was like yeah yeah this guy's a drow yeah he uses twin swords and all that but no no fuck a guy up like this guy's still pure villain it's all right he's still is a proper drow so okay okay i kind of respect that a bit more now
1: see see that your party of like um brooding rebel bad boys Reminds me of this idea for a sketch I've always wanted to do, but never sure how it would end, which is a trailer for, like, a cop drama where every single member of the precinct is basically the loose cannon who doesn't play by the rules. So it's all just, like, Dirty Harry bursting into an office to scream out Dirty Harry for not breaking the rules. Oh, no. It's, like, you don't know It's it's fun, it's got a good concept, but, like, it has to have an ending... Or else you become a Saturday Night Live sketch which goes on for five minutes too long. Yeah, we can't have that. We can't have that. But June has also got on far too long.
0: Is it us?
1: It's us without talking about where we want to put this on the big list.
0: God damn, you're right. Okay, so, yeah. This was a very good fun one. It managed to not only do its ongoing drama, but have a nice A and B plot as well. Yeah, this was a, a very nice, very competently done Star Trek. Is it better than the others? Like, Let's see. Because, yeah, nothing's, nothing we've done today has broken um, above episode 26. Is this one that good?
1: Is this better than the pilot?
0: Yeah, actually. At number 25, we have Second Contact, the pilot of it. I personally... I remember when I was talking about it on on the, what was it, episode 8? Yep. I recently uploaded to our YouTube channel. Check out Casual Trek on YouTube if you want to hear our voices, but you have to have a screen involved somehow. Yeah. I I took a little bit of time to warm to the characters. Yeah. I, um, Especially Mariner who felt at that point like she was trying to be the the kind of wacky um, American dad, family guy kind of
1: type character. See, see um, I, she always just strike, in that first episode, she kind of strikes me as the Rick to Boimler's Morty, because yes. you, you can't get that Rick and Morty smell off the, off the Lower Decks pilot.
0: No, sadly not. So I would say for that, and, you know, this managing to be both funny and, you know, juggle two ongoing stories and characters' ongoing development. I would put this above uh, Second Contact.
1: And so, then, next question. Is this better or worse than the other, than the closest Lodex episode, which is Where Pleasant Fountains Lie, which is currently number 19, but does have... but also has LARPing, but mostly has evil... Jeffrey Combs playing an evil computer.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, Combs bot. Ah, uh, I think. God, I think that one might just win out. Like Vision yeah. has a cool set piece with the with the dive, but there are a couple of points where that feels a little like the running up. I get that that's a protracted, long segment just to emphasise how lo- how much Mariner needs to get all the way up and and that and you know again it could have been solved with a quick bing from um boimler with his whole being hunted uh by crunch but um yeah i think this is in my opinion lower than where pleasant okay
1: now here is the true core question Mm -hmm. um is this better than number than rank 22 which is the Andorian incident from Enterprise, which is currently the highest rate ranking episode of Enterprise on the big list.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I saw that there and I knew. I knew you were going to make me be mean. I knew it. Um yeah, it's better than the Andorian incident. Ooh, Sorry okay. For a good Enterprise episode.
1: Alright. Okay. <laughs> so are we put in this at number
0: twenty two? I I think so it's it's not as good or relevant as data law, which yeah that. but yeah i i think this is a better one than the andorian incident oh uh. that, feels, that feels mean uh one day we'll find a good enterprise episode
1: and and so with that alamoraine right. we, have, we have moved along home
0: we have we have in fact the final thing to move us along home is to uh to wrap up and say where we can be found so uh first of all, we can be found on Kofi. you can find that in the show notes if you want to suggest an episode, even maybe a good enterprise episode to prove to us it can be done um then go there, throw us a few gold pieces, and um, and suggest an episode. And we'll add it to our list. Um, we also have a Twitter account, which is at Casual Trek Pod. And um, we are, of course, fixtures on the Nerd and Tide Discord, where you'll see us um, having the occasional rant or rave. About Picard season three. Speaking of which, Mars, where can we find you online? I believe you've been talking about Picard season three.
1: I have been talking about Picard season three. I have been doing weekly reviews. Um, the one for episode four is not up yet because life, um, but that's currently on my blog, the Infinite Book, the Infinite Bookshelf, which is at m a m a readlabato. That's one word. dot and you can also find me on the dystopian AI hellscape that is Elon Musk's vanity at Twitter at atmanmiles, all one word. And there we go.
0: Yeah, so I can be found on faketales.com where I'll be talking about RPGs and comics and things, including very soon hopefully, the Kickstarter for Explosion High Issue 2. So that's all very exciting. And, um, yeah, I'm also on Twitter for my sins um, until I work off whatever karmic uh, horrors that I've done and uh, transcend the next the next phase of Chula. Uh, I am at Charlie underscore EN there. So next time we're doing something a little special. Given we've been having, we've been witnessing some fun games here. We're going to play a nice choose-your-own-adventure Star Trek um, next time with Voyage to Adventure. How many times will I die in in that? It's it's quite a few, as it turns out.
1: It, it was uh, quite a few.
0: It was. It was.
1: But uh, but like. Like with Chula, in the end, it was all a game. There was no threat. And thus, to play us out, I will say once more, Alamorain! Alamorain! Out of that, live long, go to a Starfleet, and have an Alamorain!
0: Casual Track is part of the Nerdentine Network, and you've heard a bunch from Alamoraining. In order, they are... Charlie Etheridge-Nunn and Miles Reed-Lobato, both from Casual Track. Sean Corse from Two Boobs with the Tube, The Meat Grinder and Famicom Dojo. Trey Dawn from Nerd and Tie, BS3 Witchcraft, On This Day with Trey, Stormwood and Associates and The Meat Grinder. Celeste Startwin from The Nerd and Tie Podcast, Celeste is Best, Stormwood and Associates and the meat grinder. Not alimoraning today is my brother, Alfred etheridge Nunn, who made the opening theme tune, which Miles and I trampled all over with our alimorane. Sorry, bro.